Anishin and Junikyo and the Noemagana. Why do they forget my relatives? As I go along the highways, I see many types of different animals. And the spirit cries, I could hear the spirit of the animals wanting to be free. And they lay there. And the spirit cries, help me, I want to go home. They pass by and they run over them. And I cry to the spirit, why do they not just look at the steering wheel that they are using, the very car that they are driving, the very truck? If they could just hear the spirit wanting to teach them that very vehicle that they've just run over my relative with, the animal. If they would only understand that, that vehicle that they're driving would respond back immediately. And it would tell them exactly, even if they're too busy to stop and put them aside. That vehicle would tell them to place tobacco on them tires just so my relatives can go home, just so my relatives' spirit could be free and go back to the great creator. It's very simple, this life, what Mother Earth has given us. To really think is so simple that it is beyond us. So I asked in my native tongue, in my English language, the second language that was given to me, why do they not do anything for my relatives, the animals? All it takes is even tobacco to roll down a window and offer it to the four winds for my relatives so that they can go home. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Wake up! Yeah, and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Your Community Spirit. This is Ord Energymon. And this is Tree Song. And I am playing a little bit of Native American music. I played My Brother's Keeper from Chippa Wolf, Tears of Surrender, because, well, the longest walk is happening now. The longest walk is a prayer of people. It's actually very, very much a synopsis of a lot of people. I went down to New Orleans, or just about two hours south of New Orleans this week, and installed a small solar system on their bus um, for the southern route. Um, they were resting up over the Memorial Day. Well, resting up as in they had set their camp in one place. Yeah. They were still out there walking every day um, or actually running every day in some cases to try to catch up time. Um, but they were resting up that they didn't have to remove their camp every day or every other day. 
So on Wednesday, walk through New Orleans starting at the Superdome. And um, it was very interesting to me to be, like, literally I was probably 10 miles from the coast in Dulac, Louisiana. I, sp- I pronounce it just like the locals. Dulac. Um, they, they didn't jack up their cars. They jacked up their trailers. <laughs> and so um, where we were staying at the community center... Um, was under 20 feet of water after Katrina. And so there that that was their old community center. They had built a new community center right next to it and it was of course 20 feet up. Yeah. And so really steep stairs going up and then you know the handicap ramp going up. Um some of the fancier houses it was pretty interesting that they actually put you know they j- jacked the houses up and then they put like fencing around the bottom so their yard was under their house <laughs> yeah they probably had a pretty big yard then you know a yard the size of their house well yeah but um <laughs> yeah there's no sun under there really yeah it was like a basement yard you could grow mushrooms <laughs> down there <laughs> it's like wet and dark conditions <laughs> so um and while i was there um in huma louisiana um there we went to a city council meeting because originally there was a developer who has some sacred mounds which were burial grounds and he was going to sell that the the local indian tribe the i think the huma indians um had set it up that a preservation society i think in oklahoma was going to buy the property and then turn around and you know give it to the, the the local tribe for like a dollar a year until they could buy it. Yeah. But because um, but uh, an actual developer approached the landowner and so he was going to go to the city council that evening to try to get them um, try to get them to develop the property. Well, to get the city to allow him to sell this property as a development so he was trying to get the permit before he couldn't sell the property unless so anyway a bunch of people from the longest walk got in a van and went there and sat down in the in the city council meeting and there was probably close to 50 indians sitting there in the audience and the developer walked in and you know put it on the the roster of talking and then went out into the lobby because he and, and they end up I think negotiating something in the lobby because he didn't expect such a large decision to come yeah because um, when when I was listening to him he's like we're on the same side we're trying to you know preserve this land <laughs> so I don't know if um, I left before you know, it got resolved. So, the purpose of the longest walk is well, this is the longest walk too. Yeah, the sequel. Um, although there has been every ten years another longest walk, like re- you know, reunion kind of mm. deal, but this is the first one I think to go all the way across America again. So, um, the original longest walk was thirty years ago in nineteen seventy-eight. This one is 
a prayer for the well the world but a prayer for the United States protecting sacred sites and protecting mother earth as they're going along they're doing cleanups and helping the communities clean up their area and so they were doing a lot of cleanups in Louisiana so yeah um and this year there's actually two there's a southern route and a northern route the northern route is the original route um and i heard yesterday that the northern route is going through ohio right now and yesterday that dave chappelle came and joined for a half hour and tonight that he's actually doing a benefit concert yeah he's going to be the mc for the benefit concert tonight so little scoop on the poop so um well i guess if you want more information about the longest walk longestwalk.org feel free to join them feel free to help them um they are praying for us so yes so if we can pray for them too and do get out there if we can or yeah with every them. step they're walking across the united states yeah february they started they expect to be done in july yeah so very large groups of people walking across america so that's what happened to me this week. I drove 12 hours down there, installed this on Monday, installed the system on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday I drove back. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I didn't really get a chance to go to New Orleans. I did, like, on the way down, stop and have dinner. So it's just like, I can't not go <laughs> to New Orleans. Yeah. So I went to the French Quarter, and I've got a picture of me wearing a WDBX shirt. <laughs> you know, in... Th- so a fancy French Quarter bistro in the French Quarter. Yeah. <laughs> and so somehow I'm going to, I guess, print it out and post it up on the board. Yeah. I didn't mean to wear the DBX shirt, <laughs> but I did mean to. Yeah. Well, it's, you love DBX so much that it's second nature to you to wear the shirt. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. We've got some happenings. Yes, happenings. Shall we start with the one that's coming up uh, at the IMC tonight? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Attention all movie lovers. <laughs> For one night only. For big one night only. Yes, one night only, just tonight. The Big Muddy IMC is offering a double feature. You say it so monotone, you're going to have to like <laughs> learn to do the commercial side. Yeah. One night <laughs> only. <laughs> a double feature at the Big Muddy <laughs> IMC. Sometimes I can pull it off. I guess I'm a little sleepy still. For <laughs> one night only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big Muddy IFC is offering a double feature. That's right, folks. Two free films for the price of one. And notice they're always free films, so it's always the price of one. But (laughs) in honor of rising gas prices and the realities of life beyond peak oil, this week's Free Film Friday will feature the following films. Now, the first film is The End of Suburbia, Oil Depletion and the Collapse of the American Dream. You can get more info on that at www.endofsuburbia.com, but it's basically, it's what the subtitle says. It's a film about how we've built up these suburbs in uh, the United States, and that's become like this vision of the American dream, and yet it's all built on oil. I just just heard a joke. (coughs) Guy goes goes and fills up his fuel tank with diamonds. Mm -hmm. Car didn't run so well, but it was cheaper than oil. Yeah. (laughs) Sadly, that's starting to be the case. Well, for better or worse, I'll say that's starting to be the case. 
And then that's the first part of the doubleheader. That's the documentary about the facts of peak oil. Then afterwards, it's Mad Max, post-apocalyptic madness in a post-peak oil world. And I actually, I haven't seen all of any of the Mad Max movies. I've seen like a, a, a piece of each one, like a portion, but this is going to be my first night to see all of them together. So it's 7 o'clock at the IMC is when all this starts. That's at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. And uh, End of Suburbia starts at 7. Then once that's over and we've had time for a little discussion, because I'm sure we'll have plenty to discuss about, you know, the end of oil for our entire civilization. Then once we've discussed... We better discuss that <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's worth ta- at least mentioning, you know. Oh, oil's going to run out. Our whole means of transporting ourselves is going to collapse. Let's talk about it for at least five, ten minutes, you know. <laughs> then after all that heartfelt conversation about what to do, then we watch the, is it fact or is it fiction, Mad Max? <laughs> is that how it's going to go down? Is that what the post-oil apocalypse is going to be like? So once again, that's tonight at uh, 7 p.m. at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. I know I'll be there. Hopefully I'll see you there, too. What is it again? Big... Yes, big issues on the big screen. Big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. All right. If you would like your happenings to, well, happen, you have to let us know so we can let you and, of course, others know. That actually almost made sense. Yeah. So if you would like it to happen, you have to let us know that it's happening. Email me at (laughs) info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Or you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. Hopefully easy to remember. All right, we'll be right back. Would you like to see done, both on your behalf and on the behalf of your people, by citizens? Well, I'm 43 years old now, and I've been struggling for Indian rights since I was a teenager's treaty rights. And... uh I think it's about time to uh, put pressure on their government and their elected officials to uh, to get them to start honoring all these treaties that they made with us so that uh, Indian people can move forward. We've spent billions upon billions of dollars fighting for treaty rights over the last hundred years. And then... Uh, That was Leonard Peltier in his own words talking about Native American treaty rights. All right, are we ready for the news? Well, I, ready as we'll ever be, I guess. <laughs> it's like, um, harm, harm on the range. Climate change doing a number on the U.S. West, says the USDA report. Climate change is having profound effects, impact, pro found impacts on the U.S. West and will continue to do so in coming decades, says a new report spearheaded by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, titled, quote, The Effects of Climate Change on Agriculture, Land Resources, Water Resources, and Biodiversity, end quote. Why don't they just say the effects of climate change on everything? Yes, on the world. It doesn't say humans. Yeah. So ma- <laughs> basically they're saying everything but humans. Right? Yes, humans are impervious to everything. 
The report <laughs> focuses on western rangelands and lands, forests, and fisheries. Again, everything but humans. Its predictions are numerous and very grim, including extinction of desert species such as the Joshua tree, significant impact losses for the livestock industry, invasion of non-native plant life, salmon die-offs in two warm streams, and increases in such diverse and unwelcome phenomenon as drought, heat waves, wildfires, wildfires, rainstorms, flooding, water pollution, erosion, and insect infestation. Wee-haw! <laughs> the report is one of 21 planned studies by various federal agencies under the auspices of the controversial U.S. Climate Change Science Program. Straight to the source, usdaclimatereport.com. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, the Salt Lake Tribune, and so, if you would like to read this report, of course, go to usdaclimatereport.com. Now, I think we could turn that title into a whole song. Arm, arm on the range, <laughs> where the mass extinctions are strange. Hey, you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, I was. Through the, through the article, I was listening and thinking of songs. <laughs> All right. And seldom is heard an encouraging word, and the skies are smoggy all day. Yee-hey! <laughs> Not a very cheery song, but a very light-hearted song. Yeah. So let's see. In other news, oh no, you DDT, like oh, kind of oh. like oh no, you didn't, but oh no, you did it. Did it? Did. Try to pronounce DDT as a word. Uh, melting Antarctic glaciers may be releasing DDT, says study. Uh, uh, Adelie penguins in the Antarctic are chock full of the pesticide DDT as they were in the 1970s, even though the global DDT has use has dropped 80% in the past two decades, says new research published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology. Researchers speculate that climate change is at fault. Oh, honestly, is there anything climate change is not mucking up? They say climate change is at fault because concentrations of the pesticide that had been trapped in the ice are released by glacial melt and travel up the food chain. DDT has been banned in the Northern Hemisphere, but the World Health Organization has endorsed its controlled use to fight malaria in Africa. The purpose of the study, quote, was not to further vilify DDT, says lead author Heidi uh, Geisha, uh, but to research how persistent the pesticide and other pollutants of its ilk can be. Uh, straight to the source, Science Daily, and the New York Times. Yeah, that's one of the unfortunate things about a lot of pesticides and other uh, petrochemicals is you put them out there, and sometimes they just sit there, and they stay. They don't go anywhere, and they come back to haunt you eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Pour some sugar on Swede. Swedish company will vend verified sustainable ethanol. The Swedish biofuel company CCAB says it will become the first company to vend ethanol verified to be environmentally and socially sustainable. The company is partnering with Brazilian producers to develop criteria for the full life cycle of fuel-bound sugarcane, verifying that the fuel was not produced through child or slave labor, was processed in fair working conditions for fair wages, and did not contribute to rainforest devastation it doesn't say anything about uh, using 
fossil fuels mm. to make it. Yeah, probably uses fossil fuels to make it and probably contributes to world hunger by <laughs> using food for fuel. <laughs> yeah. But at least I guess those other negatives aren't there. <laughs> Quote, this initiative is the first of its kind in the world and a major step for speeding up the replacement of gasoline and diesel, says Anders Fredrickson of CCAB. The criteria will gradually be developed over the coming years and synchronized with international regulations when these are in place, end quote. In the meanwhile, flex fuel vehicle drivers in Sweden should be able to fill up in CCAB's sustainable ethanol by <laughs> August. Straight to the source, PR Newswire and the Canadian driver. And just to let you know, PR Newswire is just where companies send out press yeah. releases. <laughs> they just they just regurgitate what you've sent to them. <laughs> it's like <laughs> hence PR Newswire. Yeah. But yeah, they I guess, you know, if they're gonna be making ethanol, they should make it sustainably. My my close personal friend Nikola Tesla though invented a flex fuel that is even better. It's called alternating current. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean the um if you want to look up stuff go to Rocky Mountain Institute, RMI dot org. And they have um, a program where basically what they do is they charge electric cars up at night. Mm -hmm. When I mean, the thing is, is the power plant has to stay running whether people are using the power or not. Yeah. And um, it it still can produce power. I mean, it's just idling along. And so if the power is not going anywhere, of course, they have to, you know, flip the switches off. But it could just be idling along, still producing power. Um, and so they plan to charge cars at night, and then the problem is is they don't have enough power to power things in the middle of the day. Yeah. So what you can do is charge your car at night, and then if you're home, you can set it up that your car provides power to your home during the day. Yeah. Or you can charge it up at night, drive to work, and then provide some power to the work course you have to make sure there's enough power in your car to drive back home <laughs> yeah because you don't want to be stuck at work right but <laughs> so um the the peak energy usage um there's the, i can't remember the word now there's a w way of there's a word that they what i just described yeah so. yeah i don't know offsetting the peak energy use because <laughs> i've seen that they've got a some utilities let you switch to a plan where you actually get billed based on when you're using the power. Right, time of <coughs> use, yeah. Yeah, so it shows the chart, and then during the daytime, the price shoots up, <laughs> and then at, in the middle of the night, it shoots down, because <laughs> that's when the demand changes. <clears throat> so let's see, in other news, uh, one of my uh, favorite corporations in the whole world, uh, Coffee Mate. Now, I can't do a good Australian accent. I'd like some coffee, mate. Yeah, don't read this whole thing. We don't want people to think McDonald's is a good company. Well, I want to I at least read the headline so then we can mock McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's Australia will sell certified sustainable coffee. Woohoo! <laughs> sustainable coffee is finally starting to get to an affordable price that McDonald's can afford it now. Yeah, even McDonald's can afford it now. <laughs> and if, if McDonald's sells it for the next 800 years... They might make up for 5% of the rainforest destruction they've caused. Ooh, <laughs> yes, snap, tree sun. Yeah. Snap. Uh, that's my unbiased perspective on the news for today. <laughs> they could talk the legs off a chair. Exxon shareholders reject resolution <clears throat> to shake up management. 
Exxon shareholders have rejected a high-profile resolution and strip one management role from current chair and CEO Rex Tillerson and hire an independent chairperson. The influential Rockefeller family, along with various other investors, had pushed for the split. Quote, despite top-notch individual directors, Exxon re- record over the last decade, particularly regarding climate change, demonstrates that debate has been lacking, explained Karina Livak of Investor FNC Asset Management. The resolution received only 39.5% approval at an annual shareholder meeting Wednesday. A resolution to adopt greenhouse gas reduction targets was also shut down. Exxon did, however, make good on its policy to not overtly fund climate change skeptics, pulling moolah from nine groups whose, quote, position on climate change could divert attention from the important discussion on how the world will secure the energy required for economic growth in an environmentally responsible manner. Straight to the source, Bloomberg, Houston Chronicle, Reuters, and the Associated Press. This was a very big deal. And just to let you know, I almost ran out of gas driving back from Louisiana because... The only gas station was an Exxon gas station. <laughs> yeah. That's my unbiased opinion. <laughs> I have not bought gas, and I have run out of gas once because of Exxon. They still have not paid a single penny for the Exxon Valdez oil spill. They have put out tons of money to um, groups that push that climate change is not happening and basically are still making tons and tons of money off of from us i mean they're a big oil company and so they're making huge profits (laughs) and i mean you know so i'm not going to support at least the worst of the oil companies so i don't have a choice to supporting (laughs) the best of the worst but (laughs) yes so in other news i gotta read this one spam i am junk emails go green you know the spam the Nigerian oil minister has an outrageous sum of money and desperately needs a foreigner's help to take it off of his hands. Yeah, I've gotten a ton of those emails. And I've, got, I've actually gotten something that the story is describing. Because the times are changing. Junk emails have gone green. A New York Times blogger reports receiving an email asking for investment in a renewable energy technology system. And here's a quote from the, the email, poor grammar and all. Every day... Every month, every years, and infinite. Every climate change, and this RETS, is always a stable energy, <laughs> promises the email. This we can control the working of it, and 100% for safe and security in our planet. Now the RETS has no patent for them, and is, it is waiting for you in this patent. <laughs> you can't even read it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because my brain tries to correct the grammar, but then it says, no, no. <laughs> We've got to be true to the original. So that's, a, that's an offer you can't refuse, right? But, but be sure to refuse it, because it's a scam like all the rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight to the source, the New York Times. Yeah, it's always interesting. I know something is big in the news when it makes it to the email scams. You know, because it was always Nigeria at first, but then once the Iraq war had happened for a little while, it became Iraq. And then once sustainability became really, really popular you know, it, among some media sources, then I got a couple that were about the environment. All right, we have enough time for a few headlines. 
Together we can stop removing mountains. North Carolina bill would ban burning of coal from mountaintop removal mining. Mountaintop removal mining isn't actually practiced in North Carolina, but that isn't stopping them from trying to pass a, well, a law saying let's not do it. Yeah, that's good. That's because other states can follow that suit, and if they got no place to sell it, they're not going to be able to do it anymore. And just to let you know, June 5th, since June 5th, 1972, the United Nations General Assembly formed the United Nations Environmental Program. And they want to point out that, well, the same day has been marked as World Environmental Day, and every June 5th since then has celebrated worldwide. So mark your calendar, June 5th is World Environment Day. Let's see. It's a good time for America to go metric. For some reason, there are gas pumps in New York State that won't go above $3.99 per gallon. I can understand $9.99, but $3.999? That just makes no sense. Yes, strange but true. Yeah. Anyway, (coughs) Syracuse.com writes that the New York State Agriculture Commissioner, Patrick Hooker, today announced that gas stations with non-digital fuel dispensers can apply for half-gallon pricing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Half-gallon pricing. Why not just solve the problem by using this opportunity to go metric and sell the gas at about 90 cents per liter? You would have three or four years to change the pumps before they hit 3.999 again. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, hopefully you'll have that long. <laughs> yeah, so. You can't be sure how fast the oil prices are going to rise. switch over to the metric system. <laughs> and um, the last chance for renewable energy tax credits with a big, big, fat question mark. Last Wednesday's, last Wednesday's passage of a House bill that could extend the production and investment tax credits, many in the industry are cautiously hoping for an end to a political standoff that has threatened to cripple the nation's renewable energy industry. Quote, pretty soon there could be escalating negative consequences down the value chain if nothing isn't done. Congress needs to pass these credits and pass them quickly. Jeff Diet analysis for the Union of Concerned Scientists. They're set to expire at the, in the end of December. Um, basically, the tax credits are 30% with a cap of um, $2,000 on uh, residents and 30% unlimited on commercial. Mm-hmm. So, all right. This has been another exciting, exciting, well, informative, <laughs> hopefully informative. The sun is out. It is summer. It is time to wear shorts and swim and hug trees and go in the woods and camp. And now's the time to realize how much we enjoy trees. Yes. It's <laughs> going to get hot. And the best place for heat is under the trees. All right. 